In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. The main details of the Christmas story come from St. Luke's Gospel. Matthew is the only other Gospel writer to say anything at all about the birth of Jesus. And Matthew's account is today's Gospel. St. Luke tells us the birth of Christ from the perspective of Mary, but Matthew gives us the perspective of Joseph. Matthew shows us that, like Mary in the Annunciation, Joseph also gave his assent to God's plan. He willingly embraced his role in the life of Jesus, and therefore in the salvation of the world. We talk often about how hard it would have been for Mary to be pregnant and unmarried in those days, but Joseph faced a similar challenge. It's not easy to discover that your fiancé is pregnant when you know that the child is not yours. It helped to know that the child is the son of God and not the son of some rival. But even that knowledge is not without its challenges. I mean, God, of all the women in the world, did you have to choose mine? The answer to that question, strangely, is yes. Joseph is essential to the story for three reasons. First, Joseph is a descendant of King David. In the Bible, a son's inheritance comes to his father. For Jesus to inherit the throne of David, he must be the son of a male descendant of King David. Joseph's assent to this arrangement and his adoption of Jesus makes Jesus his legal son, even though Jesus is not Joseph's biological son. This is why Matthew's genealogy, with which he begins his gospel, is given through the lineage of Joseph. It shows Jesus' inheritance to his father. Second, Mary and Jesus needed a protector. Mother and child would have been shunned by Jewish society without Joseph's assent to carry on with the marriage and protect both the mother and the son of God. Third, Jesus' father had to be a faithful Jewish man who had raised Jesus in a faithful way. Matthew tells us that Joseph was a just or righteous man. This means that Joseph was a faithful and observant Jew who observed the Torah. The story also tells us that Joseph was a man of genuine faith. He heard the word of God in a dream and did exactly what the dream told him to do. Mary and Joseph are models of faithful consent to God's will and word. Consequently, they are also examples of a related truth. The word of God and the Son of God are disruptive to the lives of those who receive it and him. The unsettling of normal family life for Mary and Joseph was just the beginning. The Holy Family would soon flee to Egypt to escape the wrath of Herod. The world's opposition to Jesus is shared by those to whom he belongs and by those who belong to him. 
Then there's next week's gospel. The 12-year-old Jesus decides to stay in Jerusalem a little longer, does not tell his parents, and then plays the Son of God card when they challenge him. These experiences of disruption are shared by all who receive the word of God by faith. That is, we all share in the experience of being opposed by the world. And we have all discovered that Jesus being about his father's business in our lives does not mean things will always proceed as we expect. These disruptive themes are essential to God's work in us. Jesus was born to save the world. He saves the world and us by changing us. He changes us by calling us away from a merely comfortable life in this merely temporal world and calling us to live a new way of life by following him. Change requires disruption, which is experienced as a movement from comfort to challenge. This requires expanded vision. We must be willing to look beyond the momentary discomfort and pray for grace to see the larger redemptive purposes of God in our lives. Our natural instinct is to think that disruptions are bad because they take away our sense of comfort and safety. But privileging temporal comfort and safety above all other concerns is a central flaw of our world. The happiness myth is based on the assumption that if all of our temporal needs are being met, we will be happy. However, if all of our temporal needs are met, while at the same time we are living lives that lack meaning and purpose beyond that temporal satisfaction, we are already dead. When God challenges us to walk down a new and disruptive road of faith and faithfulness, he invites us to come out of a narrow and constricting vision of life. He calls us to participate in a new way in God's larger and far more exciting redemptive story. I can't think of anywhere in the Bible where God calls someone to follow him by saying, just stay where you are and try to be comfortable and happy. For Abraham, it was leave your home and family and go to the new land I'll give you. For Moses, it was, leave your comfortable life and family in Midian and go lead my people out of Egypt. For David, it was, leave your sheep, become my anointed king, and run for your life for the next several years. The narratives of Mary and Joseph fit in with these themes. Abandon the normal expectations of pious life and domesticity become the parents of the Messiah with all of the diversions, challenges, heartache, joy, and peace that will entail. The 12 days of Christmas are an opportunity to reflect on the implication of Jesus as Emmanuel, God with us. 
through baptism and faith, we participate in the incarnation. The word becomes flesh in our lives. This means that Jesus is always with us. The disruption and pain we experience always have a larger meaning and purpose. Christmas is an opportunity to reflect on the disruptive presence of Jesus. Is Jesus calling us to let go of our comfortable feelings of guilt and self-condemnation and embrace his forgiveness and grace in a new way? Is Jesus calling us to do some new thing that we have been afraid to do? Is Jesus calling us to adopt a new perspective on something in our lives, to look at it in terms of what God has done and is doing, and not merely in terms of our loss of temporal comfort. Needless to say, making a new commitment to embrace the will and word of God is a way better way to start the new year than with another silly resolution that you know you won't keep. Mary and Joseph were called to willingly submit to God's word, to say yes to God. God calls us to give our consent to the challenges and disruptions caused by Emmanuel. This is our own yes to God, our own consent to our own salvation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.